Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. When I turn to darkness, speak in the light, what you hear whispered in your ears, proclaim upon the rooftops. Good afternoon, church. Um, For those of you that are joining us and visiting us today, we want to thank you for joining us, and we want to welcome you to Rooftop Sunday service. Um, If you're visiting, you'll you'll love to or you'll like to connect with us or find out more information about Rooftop. What you can do is go to our website at rooftopchurch.com rooftopchurch.com. I believe that link is going to be provided there in that chat room or that chat box. You can click that link. You can go to that website. Um, If you scroll down on the homepage, um, you'll find a info uh, card, a virtual card that you can fill out. Once you fill that out, that's going to come to one of our care team uh, members, and we'll have the opportunity to connect with you. And we would greatly appreciate it. If If you're visiting us today, uh, let us know by filling out that info card. Uh, We'll love to connect with you. Uh, Let's go over some announcements before we get into the Word of God today. Uh, First of all, um, Peace God, I I believe he uh, sent out an email to the church, but um, the old family are on vacation uh, for two weeks. That includes not just Pastor Scott, but Esther as well. So uh, we want to encourage you guys to let them have their time to rest to relax, to rejuvenate, um, as tempting as it may be to send them a message, to call them, whatever it might be, um, just don't. <laughs> or, or, or don't do it, okay? Uh, let them rest. Let them relax as a family. Um, let them have that time, very well-deserved. So if you have any questions about the church, uh, you need help with something, whatever it might be, uh, feel free to contact me. You, you have my email. Um, many of you have my number. Feel free to connect with me, and I would, um, I'm here. I'm here for you guys, okay? <laughs> All right. Next, we have our presence, um, our monthly prayer gathering, prayer meeting uh, this Tuesday. It is going to be on uh, the virtual space through Zoom um, at 8.30 p.m., uh, the link will be sent out this Tuesday um, morning, so look out for that. If you want to get involved, you want to take part in it, feel free to do so. Um, again, because it's on the virtual space, um, you can do it from the comfort of your home. Wherever you're at, you can join us. And we do this once a month for us to just come to seek God, to be in his presence, um, and at times even to intercede for each other and to intercede for the church. Uh, so we want to encourage you guys to take part in that um, and come out and, and be a part of Presence this Tuesday. I have a couple of updates. I know that Pastor Scott has already shared this before, um, but starting in the month of August, starting next Sunday, we are meeting in person every Sunday for Sunday worship. Um, that's every Sunday starting in the month of August. We'll be gathering together in person to worship God together. With that said, um, no longer do you need to register to attend. You can just come. We'll have enough chairs set up here for you to come and sit down. You don't need an RSVP. You don't need to register. Um, Also, social distancing. Just want to let you guys know we're not going to be so to the T with that. There's going to be some spacing. Um, but to fit all those that would like to come, we're not going to be adhering to um, like the six feet or being strict to that. Okay, so giving you guys a heads up on that. Um, but we are requiring everyone to wear masks. And this is in spite of your vaccination status. 
we are um, asking everyone that's going to attend to keep their masks on the whole time. You know, with the Delta variant and the changes that's going on, with some of the surges around the nation, we do want to play it really safe. And LA County, we know that they have um, required for all people indoors in public places to wear masks. And we felt that this would be uh, maybe the safest route for us as well, uh, for us to create a safe space for everyone to come. Um, and again, to, to fellowship, to connect, and to worship, and, and be in the presence of God together. And the email will be sent out uh, this week, just reminding you and updating you of all that stuff that's coming up um, in regards to the August services and, and, and the future services on Sundays as well. Lastly, next Sunday, um, we do have Mission Sunday coming up, and I have the honor to um, invite my friends Daniel and Esther Min to come. They'll be coming to speak um, and, and to share, actually share their journey and to share their story um, about the work that they're a part of and the work that they're doing in the area of Asia. Um, I'm being very careful because there are things that I cannot say and there are things that I cannot mention because it is quite... Um, yeah, it's best for me to mention certain things. So please join. Please come. Um, it's an in-person service. Come and join us and hear their story um, and be blessed. I, 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 I fully believe that it will be a blessing, that you would be encouraged, um, that you would be just touched and inspired um, by God as they come to share their story and their journey with us. Again, that's next Sunday. I want to encourage you to make sure um, to plan for that and, and to be here and to join us. If you're not able to join us in person, that's okay. Make sure you tune in virtually through our YouTube channel because that's going to continue on. All right, well, let's get into God's Word today. That was a lot of announcements, a lot of mouthful um, of things to say, but let's get into God's Word, which comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to to 30. Um, I was kind of tempted to stop this, but I don't know. Let's just do it. Um, as we're turning our Bibles, or maybe as we're getting ready for that passage to be shared on the screen, why don't we greet each other and tell each other and say hello, um, happy Sunday, glad to have you join us, whatever it might be. I want to encourage you to write that in that chat box. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Uh, Mondays, I usually go on to YouTube and I look back and I see, did anybody write anything? Did they say hello? And then when I don't see anything, I get a little sad. So even if it's just for my sake, would you say hello to each other at this time? Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. All right, I'm going to believe you're all there or you're going to just look at the screen as, as um, I read for you. So follow along as I read this passage for you. This is what God, the Word of God states in Matthew chapter 11, verses 20, 28 through 30. It says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me read to you from the message translation of the same passage. This is how Eugene Peterson translates this passage. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. 
Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. Let's pray. God, just, just ask you to speak to us today. As we go through your word, would you reveal yourself to us? Would you reveal to us your good and perfect will, God? And Father, just ask that as you speak to us today, that we would truly be edified and that you alone would be glorified. God, speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, are you tired? Are you feeling burdened or even burnt out? Is your soul feeling restless? Maybe it's because of, you know, just the busyness of our daily grind. Maybe it's due to the various circumstances that we're dealing with in life right now. Or maybe it's due to the guilt and the shame that we carry because of our sin or to the constant pressure of feeling the need to be a quote-unquote better Christian, but yet falling short every time. You know, recently I found, I found myself feeling a bit burdened and feeling my soul to be a bit restless. And this feeling of burden and restlessness was due to the anxiety that I was feeling for not measuring up for feeling like I'm lacking in so many areas and just feeling like I wasn't good enough. You know, I felt this need to be better, to be more anointed, to be more effective as a spiritual leader so that I can be more helpful to the church and the kingdom of God. You know, I felt the need to be a better preacher and to be a better pastor. Even a couple of weeks ago, as I was thinking about um, this sermon that I'll be preaching today, I was feeling the pressure or the need to perform well by sharing with all of you today a really good message. And as I'm feeling this need to be better, my mind immediately went to the solution of doing more and trying harder. Pray more, Taff. You just need to try praying harder. You need to read more. You need to read more books. You need to read more Bible. You, you, you just need to read all those things harder, if that's even possible. I don't know how you read, read books harder, but just feeling that need to read more and to read harder, right? Listening to more podcasts, watching more YouTube teachings from, from these great pastors and these great teachers, Simply coming down to doing more and trying harder and making myself better. And this pressure and this pursuit caused me to feel anxious, burdened, weary, and restless. And the one day, I believe I was in, I was in my living room, I felt Jesus saying to me, Tav, quit trying to make yourself better. Quit trying so hard to measure up. And he said, come and be with me. 
I realized that Jesus was reminding me that it's not about trying harder to make myself better or measuring up, but it was about being with Jesus and allowing him to do the work in me and through me. He was reminding me that if I really wanted to grow and mature, if I wanted to be more like him, if I wanted to faithfully live out the call that he's placed upon my life, it's only going to be possible if I come and I be with Jesus. So when Jesus allowed me to take my focus off of doing more and trying harder to make myself better and putting my focus on being with Jesus and allowing him to do the work in me and through me, I started to experience this rest that only Jesus is able to offer. Dr. John Coe, he's the director of the Institute for Spiritual Formation at Biola University. This is what he says, and I thought it was so profound and just so good. He said, transformation is not our goal, but God's, and is a result of being with the Lord in truth and love. Let me read that one more time. He says, transformation is not our goal, but God's, and is the result of being with the Lord in truth and love. Church, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with wanting to grow and mature as a person and as a believer. And I believe we should grow, right? We should mature. There's nothing wrong with me wanting and even working towards a growing as a pastor and growing as a preacher, right? For, for some of you that were thinking like, dang, dude, this food is going to stay sucky hey, I, I still want to grow. I still want to improve and mature as a pastor and as a preacher, so, so don't worry, okay? But as I reflected upon this drive to be better, I realized that my motive was to prove myself and to be accepted by God and to be accepted by others. You know, I was basing my acceptance and even my worth or value on my performance as a spiritual leader. And the issue was, church, that I was trying to produce in me and to do something that only God is able to do. And during this time of reflection that I was having with Jesus, Jesus was also reminding me that, Tav, you're already accepted. You're already loved despite your imperfections despite your inadequacies. And that by being accepted or being even praised or pleasing others, that shouldn't be my objective. I like when one pastor by the name of Chan Kilgore says, he says this, he says, the gospel frees us to work from a position of acceptance versus in pursuit of acceptance. And he says, the first leads to rest the latter to restlessness. Isn't this essentially what the gospel is? The gospel is not about doing, trying, and striving, and, and, and working harder to be accepted. But the gospel is truly about coming and being with Jesus because we're already accepted in him. 
So the solution to my weariness and the restlessness to my soul was not doing more and trying harder to make myself better, but it was being with Jesus and allowing him to do the work in me and through me. This is a message that Jesus was speaking to the crowds that he was speaking to in our passage today. And I believe that it's the message that he is wanting to share with you and me today. In Matthew chapter 11, in verses 28 to 30, Jesus gives an invitation to all those who are weary and all those who are heavy laden to find rest for their souls. Here, the weary, the heavy laden, they refer to people that are tired because of hard work or hard labor. They're also referring to those that are loaded down, that are feeling overburdened. You know, according to commentaries, the people that Jesus was speaking to at this time may have felt weary and heavy laden because of the burdens of daily life, circumstances that they're living under the guilt and shame that they carry due to their sin, and as well as religious demands that were placed on them by the religious leaders of their time. Maybe this describes some of us today. And if it does, Jesus invites you to come, to come and to find rest for your souls. And in this invitation, or in his invitation, Jesus provides us three steps that we are to take to find rest for our souls. In verse 28, Jesus states the first step for us. He says, come to me, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, come to me. Notice, Jesus is not inviting us to come to another set of laws and rules for us to follow or a a, a list of do's and don'ts. He's not inviting us to come to church. He's not inviting us to serve more. He's not inviting us to try harder, to do more, or even to be better. Rather, Jesus is inviting us to simply come to him. Also notice that Jesus isn't calling all those that have their lives all together, right? He's not calling those that think and feel that they can handle everything and anything on their own. He's not calling the worthy. He's not calling the strong. He's not calling the perfect. He's not calling the righteous. Rather, Jesus is inviting those who's down and out, He's inviting those that are discouraged. He's inviting those that are feeling helpless, hopeless, and restless. He's inviting those that are tired, that are weary, that are feeling exhausted because of the burdens of daily life. He's inviting those that are pressed down by guilt and shame because of sin. He's inviting those that are feeling disappointed because they're not able to measure up. And he's inviting those that are tired of feeling the pressure to be better or to be more religious. Church, is this you? Again, Jesus is inviting you to come to him. And notice, there's no prerequisite here of coming to him. Jesus says, come to me just as you are. Come to me just as you are. Dirty, sinful, broken, messy, worn out, smelly, and in any shape 
form, or smell, or look, whatever way it is, Jesus is saying, come to me just as you are. You know, this is one thing that I've recently rediscovered and and started to practice again in my life. You know, coming to Jesus in all honesty and truth. Coming to Jesus just as I am. What do I mean by this? For whatever reason, right, even for me, for whatever reason, I felt when I would come to Jesus that I would need to start off with a Christianese greeting, right? Oh, God, you're so good. God, you know, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for another day of life. God, you're so worthy. You're so worthy of my praise. You're so worthy of my life. Oh, my gosh, God, you are so awesome. And after giving him this awesome greeting, I would then say, God, I feel like crap. (laughs) Now I just tell him how it is from the beginning. I just go to God and say, God, I I feel really down today. God, I I feel really discouraged today. God, I I feel really tired. I'm overwhelmed, Lord. God, I messed up again. I failed again. God, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. God, I need help. Deb's mad at me, and I can't remember for the life of me of why she's mad at me. And I'm praying this in my mind while we're having an argument, and I'm trying to remember what I did wrong. I know I did wrong, but I just, for whatever reason, can't remember. And in that mind, I'm thinking, God, help me, right? And sometimes I tell God, I say, God, Pastor Scott is being a certain way. Ugh. <laughs> at times, I just word vomit to him. At times, I just vent to him. But I don't end there. As I just let him know as it is or whatever's going on in my mind, in my heart, in my life, as the spirit leads me, I then move into a time of silence, of repentance, reflection, petitions, thanksgiving, or praise. I give you a personal example. You know, there's days I wake up and, you know, there's times that, man, as a pastor, I should be reading my word. I should be praying, right? But there are days I don't feel like it. I just don't. There are days, like, I don't want to do it. God, I'm, and I tell them, I say, God, to be honest with you, I just don't have the energy today. Like, I just don't have the motivation to pray or, or to read, God. Like, I just, I just don't. And I tell them that, and I'm honest. And as I do that, you know, I do ask and say, God, would you help me? Right? Would you help me? The point here is that for us not to hide or for us to be pretentious when we come to Jesus. Because why, again, Jesus wants you and me to come to him just as we are. You know, sometimes as Christians, I feel like we make coming to Jesus so complicated. Jesus makes it very simple for us, church. Again, he's saying, come. Come to me just as you are. Plus, if you haven't noticed already, Jesus already knows what's up, right? He knows what's going on. We're not hiding anything from him, right? So if we want rest for our weary souls, Jesus says the first thing to do is to come to him just as we are. Then in verse 29, Jesus states the second step that we are to take. He says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you. 
Okay. I'm going to share with you how foolish I've been all these years of my life. You know, there was a time when, or yeah, there was a time where I felt this yoke was the egg yolk. And I went on Google and I looked up yolk to see what yolk is. And I realized yesterday for the first time that yolk that Jesus is talking about or saying here and yolk in the egg is spelled very differently. So if, if you're thinking like me, maybe there's one or two of you out there thinking like me, this is not the egg yolk, right? Y-O-L-K. But Jesus here says, take my yoke upon you. What is this yoke of Jesus? There are three implications that we can see here regarding the yoke of Jesus. First and foremost, I believe the first implication of this yoke of Jesus is that in Christ, we are totally forgiven and accepted and loved. First and foremost, the yoke of Jesus that, that is being implied here is the fact and the truth that in Christ, we are totally forgiven, accepted, and loved. It's not based on our performance. It's not based on our moral excellence or even our obedience to him. But it's because we have put our faith in Jesus Christ who has demonstrated his unconditional love for us by completing the work of salvation on the cross on our behalf. You see, this yoke is in contrast with the yoke or the burden that the religious leaders were placing on the people of that time. The religious leaders were saying to the people and saying, hey, you must follow and keep 613 laws or commands in order for you to belong to God or to be accepted by God. You see, this was a performance-based acceptance and love. And this was a yoke and a burden that was too heavy and even impossible for anyone to carry. And so in Matthew chapter 23, verse 4, Jesus calls out the religious leaders and he says this. He says, they, the religious leaders, tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. Later, Jesus straight up calls them hypocrites because the religious leaders that are placing these laws and these burdens on people, they themselves weren't able to carry out. They themselves weren't able to live up or measure up to that. Church, Jesus not only lifts a finger, but he gave of his life. He gave of his whole body, his whole being as a ransom to redeem us from the burden of our sins, of our shame, of our guilt, so that in him, in Christ, you and I can be totally forgiven, accepted, and loved. And for this reason, Jesus says in verse 30, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So church, know today again that you're totally forgiven. For those of you that have put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, know that in Christ you are totally forgiven, you are totally accepted, and you're totally loved. There's no reason for you and me to hide. There's no reason for you and me to be pretentious. There is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
So Jesus is calling us today. He's inviting us today. Come to him with all our imperfections, all of our insecurities, all of our struggles and our burdens, our anxieties, our guilt, our shame, our failures and our sins. He's saying, come. And he says, when you come to me, put on this yoke, this yoke that proclaims, again, I'm totally forgiven, I'm totally accepted, and I'm totally loved in Jesus Christ. And in that church, find rest for your souls. Jesus has already done all the heavy lifting on the cross for us. He's just letting us know, and he's just inviting us again. We just need to come to him just as we are and put on this yoke of total acceptance, forgiveness, and love. That's the first implication. The second implication of the yoke of Jesus is subjection and servitude. You know, according to one commentator, a yoke was placed on captives or slaves as a metaphor um, for subjection to a conquering nation or a king. It's with the idea of a master-slave relationship. And this subjection can come from, again, a foreign nation, a foreign king, or even their own king. So when Jesus invites us to put on the yoke of Jesus, the yoke of Jesus is, when we put on the yoke of Jesus, we're not just acknowledging that we're totally forgiven, that we're totally accepted, that we're totally loved, but we're also now acknowledging and proclaiming that we are putting ourselves under the subjection and servitude of Jesus Christ. In other words, we are choosing to submit ourselves to Jesus Christ. But you know what the truth is, church? We're all yoked to something. We're all yoked to something. The question is, are we yoked to the things of the world, right? Like wealth, are we yoked to wealth? Power, our careers, promotions, sex, beauty, materials, right? Comfort, security, praise or acceptance of others, even religiosity or moralism or whatever else. Are we yoked to those things or are we yoked to Jesus? You might be asking the question, how do we know what we're yoked to? Well, what has the greatest influence in your life? What has the greatest authority and and priority in your life? What drives you the most in this life? Whatever your answer is, that's what we are yoked to. And that can even include, again, our families and even our children and our kids. You see, all these other things that we may be yoked to cannot provide rest for our weary souls. Actually, more times than not, not, being yoked to these things contributes to us feeling a bit more weary, feeling more burdened, more anxious, burnt out, and even restless. Whereas Jesus is the only one who can provide again rest for our weary souls. You know, and maybe we're realizing today that, yeah, we've been yoked to these other things rather than Jesus. 
And maybe Jesus is pointing out to us today that the reason why we're weary, the reason why we're feeling so burdened and restless is because we've been chasing after and we've been subjecting ourselves to these other things in this world rather than being subjected under Jesus Christ. And to that, Jesus, again, invites us to come to him and take upon his yoke. And he says in verse 29, he says, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is inviting you and me today to take off the yoke of all these other things because he's saying they're poor and they're cruel masters in our lives. They're going to continue to take more and more from us, and they're going to demand more and more from us. But taking on his yoke by submitting ourselves to him, the Lord and King, again, who is what? Gentle and humble in heart, right? The Lord who is the good shepherd that leads us to green pastures and and, and causes us to to rest near still waters. The one who has laid down his life for his friends. The one who protects us from the evil one. And the one who restores and gives rest to our weary souls. He's saying when we submit, when we subject ourselves and put on his yoke on us, then we will find rest for our souls. Why? Because he's good. He's the one who's able to restore us and give us rest. I don't know about you, church, but it's when I'm submitted to God and I'm submitted to his good and perfect will that I find the most joy and satisfaction for my soul. Hence why I believe Jesus, again, is asking us and inviting us to put on his yoke, to submit to him in his perfect and good will. Church, Jesus knows what we need. Jesus knows what's good for us. Jesus knows what's best for us. He's asking us here to rely upon him, to trust in him, and to submit to him. Again, because he's good and he's one who is gentle and humble in heart. So again, the second implication of this yoke is subjection or submission and servitude to Jesus Christ. The third and last implication of Jesus' yoke, as well as a third step that Jesus is inviting us to take to find rest for our souls is mentioned again in verse 29. This is what Jesus says, and this is the last point for today. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. The third implication of Jesus' yoke here, as well as his third step that Jesus calls us to, is discipleship. See, not only was a yoke used to be placed on, you know, slaves or captives, but during that time, a yoke was also um, placed on oxen for farming as well as to help pull carts. And, you know, I'll put up an image up there on screen for you to give you an idea what a yoke is and how a yoke was used back in the day. You know, oxen would be joined together by this yoke to help carry the load, or to help do the work that was required. Some commentators also stated that some would actually yoke a weaker, a younger, and a, and a more, or, and, and an inexperienced ox to an ox that is stronger, to an ox that is older, to an ox that is more experienced. 
And the reason why they would do this was because they wanted the younger ox to lean on the stronger ox as well as to learn from the stronger ox as the younger ox follows the stronger ox's lead. And as a younger ox, as a younger and weaker ox is yoked to the older and stronger ox to help carry the burden or load, Jesus is wanting to remind us that when we're yoked to him, we're not alone. He wants to remind us that he's here with us. As a younger and weaker ox leans on the stronger ox to help carry the load, Jesus is inviting us to lean on him today to carry the burdens of our lives. He's saying you're not alone. I am here with you to help you carry these burdens in your life. You know, many times I think that, you know, we get weary, we get burdened, we we get exhausted, and we become restless because we think we're all alone or because we try to do life on our own. We try to carry these burdens. We try to be the strong one, right? Say, I can do this, I can do this all on my own. But Jesus is saying, you're not alone. Don't do it alone. He's saying, I'm here with you. And he's inviting us to do life with him. Also, as the younger and weaker ox, again, is yoked to this stronger ox so that the younger ox can walk closely with this stronger ox to learn from it by following its lead, Jesus is also inviting us today to walk closely with him and to follow his lead. Again, putting on Jesus' yoke and to learn from him is a call to discipleship. And this call to discipleship, church, is done by a means of relationship. Jesus is calling you and me to come and spend time with him so that he can show us, so that he can teach us, so that he can guide us and help us to be who he's calling us to be, as well as enable us to live out the life of obedience that he's calling us to live. See, Jesus doesn't call us to die to ourselves, to pick up our cross, and to follow him all by ourselves and in our own strength. He doesn't do that. Brother Jesus, again, he wants to show us how to do that. He wants to teach us. He wants to guide us. He wants to walk closely. He wants us to walk closely with him so that he can help us to die to ourselves, so he can help us to pick up our cross, so that he can help us to follow after him. Again, he's here to help us carry out the calling he's placed in our lives. And the way he does this is through the means of an intimate relationship with him. The image that comes to mind to me is like a personal trainer, right? Like imagine going to the gym and you're, you're trying to lift up all these heavy weights and you're not able to do it, but you're, you're like struggling, you can't do it, but then a personal trainer comes along and says, hey, let me help you, right? The personal trainer is going to come, he's, he or she is going to show you how to properly lift weights. He's going to, he or she is going to show you how to, you know, have the, the, the right form so you don't injure yourself. 
At moments when you're struggling and lifting a weight, this personal trainer is going to spot you. This personal trainer is going to give their strength. They're going to lend their help to you so that you can lift up this burden. In the same way, Jesus is saying, hey, come alongside of me. Walk closely with me. Let me show you. Let me teach you. Let me guide you. Let me help you. Let me lend you my strength and my grace so that you can be who I'm calling you to be and so that you can live out the life of obedience that I'm calling you to live. You see, church, Jesus never expected us to be changed, to be transformed, to fight sin, and to live a life of obedience to him all on our own and all in our own strength. Because he knows that this is not only really difficult, but he knows that this is impossible for us to do on our own. The reason, and hence the reason why Jesus says in John 15, he says, abide in me. Why? Because he says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. In that same chapter, he says, you know what? A branch needs to remain in the vine so it can produce fruit. Why? Because once the branch is cut off from the vine, it can't produce fruit. It doesn't have the life. It doesn't have the nutrients. It doesn't have what it needs to produce fruit. In the same way, Jesus is saying, abide in me. Remain in me. Stay in fellowship and relationship with me because you can't do, you can't do nothing apart from me. It's when we abide in Christ, it's when we commune with Jesus that we allow God to bring about the change, that we allow God to bring about the transformation in us. It's when we walk closely with Jesus and we remain in fellowship with him that God gives us the grace and the strength needed to fight sin, needed to live the life of obedience to him. You see, when you and I put on the yoke of discipleship, We no longer need to try harder in our own strength to make ourselves better. But when we put on this yoke of discipleship, now we're relying on God to do the work in us and through through us. In church, when you and I do this, Jesus says, we will find rest for our souls. Jesus is inviting you and me today to trust in him, trust in his goodness, submit to him. Allow him as we commune with him, as we abide in him, as we fellowship and and, and stay in relationship with Jesus. As we do that, he's saying, let me be the one bringing out the change and transformation in you. Let me be the one who is giving you the grace and the strength that's needed to again live out the life that I'm calling you to live. Again, church, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you feeling burdened? Is your soul restless? Jesus is calling us today to quit trying harder. Jesus is calling us today to quit trying, carrying these burdens of life all on our own. And Jesus is inviting us today to come to him, knowing that, again, we are totally forgiven, accepted, and loved by him. He's inviting us to come to him, to lean on him, to help us carry the burdens of our daily lives. Jesus is inviting us into this process of discipleship, again, by abiding, by communing, and being in relationship with him.
For when we do that, church, we allow God to bring about the change. We allow God to bring about the transformation in our lives. And when we do that, we allow God to give us the, the grace and the strength needed to live out the life that he's calling us to live here on this earth. So the last call, reminder, and exhortation church to you today is this. Come to Jesus just as you are. Take upon his yoke and learn from him. For when we do, you and I will find rest for our weary souls. Amen. Let's pray. God, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for reminding us of how we can find rest for our souls, Lord. We thank you, God, that you don't make it complicated, but you make it simple for us by inviting us to come just as we are, inviting us to put on your yoke, to proclaim that we're totally forgiven, that we're accepted and we're loved to come under the submission, to, to submit to you, the one who's good, the one who wants the best for us, the one who knows how best to lead us and calling us into relationship with you so you can disciple us, so you can show us and teach us. You can help us and give us what we need to live out the life you're calling us to live. Father, we thank you for this invitation. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for making it simple for us, for lifting up on yourself the heavy burden and the load for us, God, so that the yoke that we carry and the burden that you give to us is easy and light. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. At this time, we're going to continue our service with receiving the Lord's, get, or the Lord's tithes and his offerings. And at this time, um, you can go to our website and, and go to the tab of Give. And if you click that tab, it'll give you all the instructions and all the steps to take in order for you to give of your tithes and your offerings. At this time, let's join Jonathan Kim as he leads us into one final song for today.